Thank you so much. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for this opportunity to gather this evening, and and today as we um, take a look into your word, we're going to discover that you desire for us to live lives filled with joy, and we pray that you will help us to, to see more clearly how we can live in that way, because you desire for us to have a great life now. We pray this in your name. Amen. The series I'm doing is called A Great Life Now, and, and the reason I'm doing this series is um, I've kind of had an awakening in the, the some part of my life. And what I'm seeing more and more in Scripture is that God really wants us to have um, a great life now. You know, growing up, you know, I, I thought a lot, okay, it gets, when you get to heaven, it's going to be great someday. And it's going to be fantastic. But as I mentioned before, you know, not too long ago, when you go through the Lord's Prayer, something we probably prayed, you know, maybe thousands of times, some of us, um, what does it mean when thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? What does that imply? It implies that, that God wants to experience his glimpse of heaven when? Even now. To have a great life now. And, and so in the series, we're taking a look at a number of things. We've talked about, you know, how to deal with topics like... Um, like anger, um, topics like fear, anxiety. Um, and today, we're going to kind of start turning around and focusing on more of the positive things. We're going to see a lot of repeat, a lot of you know, th- themes that keep coming back time and time again. And so what I want to do is I want to encourage you to take out a Bible. There's Bibles in the pews in front of you, and we're going to do a little Bible study for a while. And I want you to see some verses that talk about joy. And I first want you to turn, if you want to follow along the Bible, to page 937, 937. If you guys need more Bibles in the front, you can just steal some right behind you there, too. 937, Psalm 100. In fact, in the Psalms, there's a lot of verses on joy. I'm just going to share, you know, some. This is just like just a, just a tip of the iceberg as far as verses on joy. In Psalm 100, page 937, it says, Shout for, what's the next word? Joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know the Lord is good. He is he who made us. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. We see there that God wants us to worship with a heart of what? Of joy. And not just um, in worship, but in our lives in in general. We're going to jump now to the New Testament, to Matthew chapter 2, page 1498, 1498. 1498. Matthew 2, we're going to take a look at um, some interesting people called the wise men. And what's interesting is, is um, the wise men, how many were there? Actually, we don't know. People sometimes think three because they had three gifts. We don't know how many. In fact, were the wise men ever at the manger? No. Actually, they came along later. They found Jesus when he was in a house um, sometime after his birth. And so in verse 9, chapter 2, verse 9, After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child and his mother, Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. 
Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and incense and myrrh. So they saw the star, they came in the presence of Jesus ultimately, and their attitude was being overjoyed. You know, Jesus has this ability to bring joy into people's lives, even as a child. Now we're going to go to Luke chapter 2, to the birth of Jesus. Luke 2, on page 1591, 1591. 1591, chapter 2, verse, starting verse 9. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Not just Regular joy, but great joy. Overjoyed, great joy. This is what happens when people come in the presence of, of Jesus. Now I want you to turn to Acts chapter 2. It's on page 1694. 1694. Acts 2, verse 42 and following. This was the early church. And this is about 50 days after Jesus. Um, he, he died, he rose. And 10 days after he ascended, um, and we have what's called Pentecost. And the the, um, early church grew from a group of about 120 people to 3,120 in one day. One day, 3,000 people are added to their uh, membership of that church, so to speak, and are baptized. And then verse 42, we see what happened in the early church. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved." The people in this early church were filled with what? Joy, gladness, happiness. They were just, you know, in fact, I think if we were to walk into that group of people back then, we'd say, I want to have what they have. Because they were filled with a lot of joy, a lot of excitement, a lot of awe because of what God was doing in their midst. All right, next we're going to turn to Philippians chapter 4, 1830. 1830. Not the first time we've looked at this one in the series, but it's really an important one. Philippians 4, verse 4 and following. 1830. And it says, Philippians 4, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Okay? Rejoice is expression of what? Of great joy. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Rejoice or be joyful when? Always. In more verification of this, the last one I want to show you is 1 Thessalonians 5.16. Um, page 1841, 1841. This is actually, I'm going to show you the shortest official verse in the Bible. 
Okay? The shortest English verse is not this one. The shortest English verse is what? Jesus wept. Okay? But when Jesus wept, in the Greek, there's three words. Okay? What's the official language? Greek. And so here, there's, even though there's three English words, in the Greek, this section has two Greek words. And so this is the official shortest verse in the Bible. 1 Thessalonians 5.16. Let's read together. Be joyful always. Be joyful what? Always. Now, how are we supposed to do that? Okay? And first of all, by me showing you these verses, this is God speaking to us through his word. These are his words. Obviously, he wants us to have what? Joy. Okay? And there's a difference between joy and happiness. Okay? Happiness is situational. Okay? Like earlier today, one of my favorite basketball teams, Wisconsin, um, upset Villanova, the number one seed, and so that made me happy. But most likely, the next time Wisconsin plays, they're probably going to most likely lose. I mean, most of your teams are going to lose. There's 68 teams in the tournament, and only one wins the whole thing. So it's situational. It comes and it goes. But when it comes to joy, it's something that's meant to be inside of us. It's not a state of giddiness. It's having life in the right sequence, in the right order. And I believe joy, the word itself, gives us the acronyms to remind us continuously how joy is attained. J-O-Y. And J is for what? Jesus. The O is for others, and the Y is for you. Okay? And if this is a sequence of events in our lives, joy can be found. Okay? And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. In fact, I've got a lot of different ways that this can be switched around. And so J-O-Y is Jesus, others, and you. But what happens in life, things happen. What happens in life, sometimes we get distracted. Maybe for some people, they get into J-Y-O, Jesus, themselves, and others. Maybe they got a great relationship with Jesus, and they're so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. Because they almost sometimes, I've seen a lot of, some Christians sometimes, they look down upon other people, okay? And that doesn't work. That's not what Jesus wants for anyone, okay? And that's just, really, to be honest with you, if it's Jesus, you, and others, your relationship with Jesus isn't where it should be, because if you're close to him, he's going to help you get realigned in the right way. Another one is O-Y-J. Others, you, and who's at the end? Jesus. This one doesn't work very good, okay? This happens in a way that, that others are over you, and you are overly concerned about what everybody else thinks. And because you're not close to Jesus, it's like a downward spiral. And you're living your life to please others. It's never good enough. When people like you, you're happy. When people don't like you, you're sad. Your life is a roller coaster going up and going down. For some, it may be others, Jesus, And then you, at least Jesus is over you, but still others have way too much influence on you. You know, one thing I've I've come to learn, you know, more later in my life, I think there's a time in my life, or a lot of my life, I was overly concerned about what other people thought about me, okay? The point sometimes where maybe I was afraid to make a decision I should make. Anybody ever that way before? You're concerned what people think. 
The bottom line this, is this. If you're doing what Jesus wants you to do, and you know you're doing the right thing, and others disagree with you, what do you need to do? Let it roll off, okay? What matters in life is what Jesus thinks. is What matters in life, I don't care so much about what you think about me as about what you think about Jesus. Because what you think about me in the end is not going to matter. But what you think about Jesus matters incredibly. And so my goal in life is to point people to Jesus and try to get myself out of the way. The last one, why, J-O, you, Jesus, others, okay? Well, you're putting yourself still on the complete throne. Jesus is under you. Uh, maybe you get some, you know, direction from him when you need it. Maybe when things go bad, you kind of, hey, Jesus, help me up here while I'm on the throne. And others are at the bottom. Not very productive. But the, wo- the worst combination of all is yoge. Why, OJ, you, others, and Jesus. Because then you basically put yourself on the complete throne. And believe it or not, this happens quite a bit. When things start going bad in life, when things start breaking down, when you're sad, when you're upset, for example, when you're angry, guess who goes to the top quite often? Ourselves. We're living in fear, so often we put ourselves at the top. Anxiety, we turn inward, and so often what we get is yoge. And so how do we make this set up and so we're living in the joy? Because as you're going through your day, you're thinking, you know what? I'm not very joyful right now. I'm not feeling that joy. I guarantee you, if you're not, where are you? You're somewhere in the, the lower five. Okay? And you have to do what? There's got to be a realignment in your head. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and everything else is going to begin to fall in place. When you put Jesus first and really turn to him, it's amazing how things happen. So I want to give you some examples. Let's say, for example, you lost your job, okay? You're really angry, and you're upset, and it's easy to go into the, the you, the Y-O-J, the yoj mode, because maybe you're even angry at God. It's like, how can this happen to me? And, and so we put ourselves in, in that situation, but we need to th- stop and think for a second. Do you still have a roof over your head? Do you still have food to eat? Do you still have people around you that care about you? Most of all, do you have a God who still loves you? Did Jesus still die for your sins? What's going to happen when you leave this planet? Is that now changed because you lost your job? Are the most important things in life still under control overall? Does God promise he's going to help you through the situation? When you begin to reevaluate and realize that he's got your back, he promises he's always going to be with you. It may be a difficult time you're going to go through, but in the end, it's all going to work out. And you start thinking about those positive things and putting Jesus first. And then, also then, putting others even above yourself. And what's so weird so often in the world today, people think they have to be at the top of the heap in order to find happiness. It's not how it works. I'm going to explain, show you an example of that in just a little minute. But the next thing I want to talk about, here's another example. Let's say somebody really close to you passes away. It's probably hit most of us. And sometimes we feel sad, you know, you, you miss that person. Um, but the bottom line is, when you stop and think about, like, for example, my mom passed away about 15 years ago. I miss her incredibly. 
But if I stop and think, where is my mom? Where is she? She's in heaven. She was one of the most strong Christians I've ever met in my life. She's in heaven. Okay? And someday, because of what Jesus did for me, I'm going to go there too. I'm going to spend eternity with her that these few short years where I'm on this planet here, small in comparison to the eternity, I'm going to be with Jesus in heaven and with my mom. That's still a reality. And begin to put the reality in place and in your mind start putting the universe back in the order that it's meant to be. You know, God always has the universe ordered. Sometimes we're the ones that kind of mix things up. And then maybe the, the old part is there's still people around you. Maybe they're sad because of what's happened. For the other part is to begin to try to minister and help them, to serve others. So often when we get into a pity party, the best thing to do is serve people. Years ago, there was a family that um, I worked closely with, and their, their five-year-old son, Jonathan, he passed away after three years of, of, of struggling with cancer. And one of the most amazing kids I ever met in my life. And it was a really difficult time. But that family turned around, and what they did was they started a ministry to help other families that lost a child. And they have since helped hundreds of families through this ministry they began. And they've shared with me the joy that that brings to them to serve others. Because the temptation so often is when we're down, we feel, you know, we get this order wrong, is that we just kind of pull within ourselves, and it just becomes a downward spiral. But to keep focusing on God, to keep trying to serve, even in the midst of the pain and sometimes the difficulties you face in life. But the bottom line is God is always in control. And I want to share with you, kind of in wrapping this up, an example from Jesus himself. In, in Hebrews chapter 12, if you want, it's on page 1877 if you want to see it for yourself, 1877. A very interesting um, section here. Hebrews chapter 12, 1877. And it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance, a race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The joy set before him, he died on a cross. How can dying on a cross be joyful? The most painful form of death ever invented by mankind. And it says here that Jesus found it as pure joy. How can he do that? Think about other scripture that kind of explains his attitude. Okay? He put his father first. In fact, since rather than um, joy, let's call it foy. Foy, okay? Father. The father was first. Remember the Garden of Gethsemane? Not my will, but yours. He says, Father, you know, take this cup from me, but not my will, but let your will be done. First he put the father's will, the father's plan first. Secondly, he found the joy that he put who next? Us. As he was dying on the cross, he was thinking about us. Because he knew he had to die to take our sin away. 
And so, because he put the Father, and because he put us even above himself, and Jesus, the God of the universe, the ultimate servant, he put himself at the very bottom, he became the ultimate servant because of that, we are free. We're forgiven. He wasn't giddy on the cross. It was a painful thing. And joy isn't about giddiness. It's about having your life in the right order. Jesus, others, yourself. And one other section I want to share with you in closing. Philippians chapter 2 on page 1827. 1827. One eight two seven, chapter two verse one. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. The next section talks about how Jesus completely surrendered his life to die on the cross for our sins. But in the end, he was exalted. If you want to become great, you must become what? The least. In God's kingdom, it's not about rising into greatness. It's about descending into complete humility. It's about surrender. And the more that we surrender our lives to God, the more our lives are going to have meaning and purpose. The more we're going to find joy. The more we put ourselves first, we get lost inside ourselves. We put ourselves into bondage. We're going to disappoint ourselves. But Jesus will never disappoint us. And that's why even the series began by putting Jesus first. Okay? Putting him first. Let him be on the throne. Jesus, others, you. And here's your homework assignment. As you're going through this next week, I want you to be thinking about this. And when you don't feel joy, when you're feeling kind of like just lousy and just feel like things are just out of order, I want you to stop and prioritize in your mind and start thinking, okay? Jesus first. Okay, pray. Think about his word. Have fellowship with other people. We see in the early church, why were they joyful? They were in the word. They were in worship. They were serving one another. They were lifting one another up. This morning at the men's Bible study, I, you know, I was getting ready to start, but I let the study go. You know, before I started, I let them kind of have fun for a while. Because you know, the other day I was looking outside my, the door here, and I was watching the kindergartners and some of the younger students in our school, and I'm watching how much fun they have. They're smiling, they're laughing, they're hugging one another. And you know, Jesus says, have a faith like a little child, right? And I look at them thinking, they got it down. They're having so much fun. And I was looking at the guys this morning, and you know, we have this Bible study every Saturday, 7 in the morning, which I'm not a morning person, but I have no trouble getting in for that Bible study because we have so much fun together. And they're laughing, having a good time. I just, it's like they were reminding me of those kindergartners, but in a good way. You see, God wants his church to have joy. The fruit of the Spirit is 
Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The second one was what? Joy, the fruit of the Spirit. This is what God wants to give you, to let him put it inside of you. That more and more as we go out in this world and people see that joy in you, it's like, how can I have some of that? And the opportunities for conversation are going to open up. But we have every reason to have joy. God is with us every step of the way. Our future is secure. Our sins forgiven. A God of love, a God of grace, a God of mercy. And so I want to encourage us to let the universe and our mind line up in the order that it really is. The way it always is. There's Jesus, there's others, then there's you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you know, so often we in our minds and our lives get messed up and we get out of sorts, put ourselves first, put others even above us or others in the wrong place, but most importantly, so often what we do wrong is we don't put you at the top like you should be all the time. You reign over the universe no matter what. You are in charge. So Lord, help us to realize that always. Help us to seek first you and your kingdom and, and then things fall into place. I pray that you help our lives be filled with joy. Maybe some of us had a rough day, rough week, rough couple months, maybe a rough life. But the bottom line is, through you we are more than conquerors. As the wise men, as, as um, the, the shepherds, when they come in contact with you and come in contact with your presence, Lord, not only do they experience joy, they're overjoyed. Help us to live in that type of joy, because you want us to. Help us to get the things in our lives that are blocking that from happening out of the way. And let your spirit infuse our lives more and more with your joy. We pray this in your name. Amen.